0: Every heart, every woman. Ooh. Every heart, every woman. It's time to find balance and be refreshed here on Every Heart, every Woman. Every
1: Heart, Every Woman.
0: Get ready for uplifting music and inspiring interviews. To move forward as we share our life experiences. Mm-hmm. Every, heart, every, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: every heart, every woman. Now, here's your host, Carla Nivens. Welcome to
2: the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. We hope you are enjoying a wonderful New Year's. Before we jump into our interview, we're going to set the tone like we always do with some worship music. This is Everlasting Love. It is from my CD entitled True Worship. Sit back and enjoy. back, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. I hope you enjoyed Everlasting Love, where our show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find out all of the great information about Love Ministries. Just go to their website, go to loveministriesbills.org. You can also go to my website, carlanivens.com. Carla is spelled with a K. Nivens is N-I-V-E-N-S. Well, we are so excited to jump into our interview for today. We are welcoming for the first time to the Every Heart Every Woman Radio Show, Elise Van Dyke. Elise is a native of Midland, Texas, and the mother of three beautiful girls. Elise is a full-time student pursuing a counseling degree and certification. She serves as a board member of the Rath Foundation. The most recent experience that arose in her life was a 13-year marriage entangled with emotional abuse and other issues involving mental health. Escaping this snare opened her eyes and pushed her to want to bring awareness to other women in similar circumstances. Elise enjoys spending time with family and friends, participating in community service, and helping to advocate for those without a voice. Elise, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome.
3: Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Elise, was before we started she was just catching catching me up and uh reminding me that she was in my my youngest brother's uh wedding she was in La Torla and Spencer Jones's wedding so I told her okay this is this is now a, a chat with family so I'm excited <laughs> at least yes. to have you
3: yes for sure
2: yeah so at least um I know that um your, your life has, has, yes, been very blessed, but there have been some things as in all of our lives um, that have recently gone on. And you are going around and sharing your testimony with as many people as possible. And I, I think the subject of your testimony, sometimes we don't hear as much about it, especially in the Christian world and in the church world. So number one, I thank you for, for sharing with us, but can we start off our conversation with you just giving us our testimony, giving us your testimony?
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, like you mentioned before, I, um, just came out of a 13 year marriage. We were together 15, but we were married 13 and, um, we have three girls together. Uh, I, I've always wanted to be a mom and a wife. It's just part of who I am. I'm like ready-made wifey. (laughs) So (laughs) I I got married uh, really young and um, just pursued it as, you know, though I had um, witnessed in my own household, my parents were married, you know, for almost 40 years Mm -hmm. uh, before she passed away. And so Um, I just kind of modeled what I saw, not having the real tools and guidance of, you know, problem solving and conflict resolution and things like that. So I kind of had to learn that on my own. Um, But there were um, some issues that arose and in June I had to physically leave. My my life was in danger. And so I had to make a decision on, you know, whether I was going to stay um, because there were previous um, situations and episodes that had taken place that probably um, my life was just as much in danger. But, you know, through sickness and in health and things like that, Mm -hmm. um, I tried to hold on to that as much as possible. But I just felt like the Lord gave me a way of escape. Um, I was with some family um, when this situation occurred. So I was able to um, get out, uh, make a plan for me and the girls. And, you know, the Lord just allowed that survival to kick in. And I was able to uh, find myself in... um, A great situation to where um, I didn't have to quit school, I didn't have to find a job, and I am uh, currently in a program in Midland um, that services women, uh, single moms, to uh, transition in in their living and be financially independent, finish their education, and all of those good things. So, I mean, as soon as I made the decision to leave, the Lord just flung those doors open for me um, and it's just, it would be a whole nother interview just to tell you all the things that has, you know, transpired since I've been here. I mean, he just has literally showered the blessings financially, spiritually, emotionally, all of the things. Um, so <clears throat> Currently, I sit on the board of the RAF Foundation. It stands for Women Rising Against the Hurt. And my best friend is actually um, the the founder. Her name is Kendra Lilly, and Mm -hmm. she resides in Dallas, Texas. This particular uh, foundation will service uh, women in Denton County. And we are looking to build actually um, a facility similar to the one that I am in that will provide transitional living, different resources for them um, to be able to escape um, their situation and possibly their abuser um, to where they can provide for their children, get um, an education, get um, a job with benefits and a secure home and things like that. many of the things that usually your abuser will tell you you can't do without them. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> that wasn't my situation uh, per se. Mine uh, was more um, emotional abuse. Um, so there was a lot of gaslighting and things like that. So things that would make me question my character and and like, wow, like, am I really like that? And um, it just took a lot of reprogramming of my mind education on what abuse looks like, because I for sure had vision of what I thought domestic violence was. And so I thought it was black eyes and, you know, cussing you out and all that kind of stuff, because that wasn't my story. So once I I got out and I started to receive therapy, I, um, I was talking to my counselor. It was maybe the first or second session. I'm just sharing my story. And she says, hmm, that's abuse. Hmm. And I was like, what? And it took me a week to say it out loud Hmm. because I was so ashamed and embarrassed and, you know, thinking that, you know, surely I wasn't living that or surely this didn't happen to me. But it did. And I knew that, you know, God allowed me to go through that and make it out to be able to help other women um, overcome this. We we were the the face of our marriage ministry at the church, mm-hmm. like, and I had to call it quits just simply because it was not God's love. Mm-hmm. It was a very toxic and and controlling situation. So you know, of course, entangled with, you know, the other situations. Um, But um, I'm just so happy that I'm able to be here to, to tell my story and to share the goodness of what God can do. You can make it out. You can still get your degree. You can purchase a home. You can have a stable environment for your children. There are resources. All you have to do is just make the decision that I'm gonna love me I'm gonna I'm gonna um, uh, pursue my dreams. I'm going to do what is best for me and my kids and maybe you don't have kids maybe um, you're single and in an abusive situation you can get out and it's okay um, I think uh, normalizing these things in the church um, is would be so helpful because a lot of times you feel like you're alone. Um, or that you're the only one and that there isn't any help for you, you know. So a, a lot of it is is fear and pride and you know all of those things.
2: Yeah. Well, again, I, I thank you for for sharing your testimony with us and and you know the, the reason why and scripture tells us that other people will overcome, is they listen and they take in, you know, the things that have actually happened in our lives, like the, the real truths of our lives. And a lot of times as Christians, we hide the things, you know, um, we, we hide things that are less than, you know, ideal. Sure. And when we go to church, we look, you know, great. And then, you know, people think that everything is great. And then some. the person that's sitting next to us in the pew, you know, they're going through things and they're thinking, well, it's me that I'm the one that's, that's not a good enough Christian because those people over there, you know, they're perfect. They're in the perfect marriage, you know, and. Um, it, it really is important. I, I was talking to a friend of mine and um, again, they, they were, you know, they were in a situation like this and another couple was about to like give up on their marriage. And they told them, well, we're giving up on our marriage because you all's marriage is so perfect. And wow. yeah, and, and that really hit home to them. They said, you know what, we're not we're not sharing the, the realness um, of being in a relationship with someone else, you know, day in and day out. And we need to do better, you know, about that. So um, I, I thank you. I really thank you for sharing your testimony. The thing that I really love is that, um, number one, sometimes women and men, sometimes we have this this view of marriage that um, some, sometimes we over, I think, sensualize you know, marriage. And I'm You know, I I watch the 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 Hallmark Christmas shows and the, you know, the the perfect Christmas shows and and that kind of thing. So and and we always have to remember that that is entertainment and that. (laughs) And so if we're going into marriage thinking that the only issues are going to be just a couple of little. Um, misunderstandings now and again. Then we are going into marriage with um, a view that I'm, I'm sure that the Lord is saying no, 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 no. Um, marriage, and and I I am truly convinced that marriage is about. Um, I always say that marriage is about poking holes in who we think we are, because mm. we think you know like we think that we're a great person we think we have it all together until you get married and get into a real forever situation with another person and then you start thinking okay am i is <laughs> uh am i as holy as close to god as as i think i am you know i i have some work to do and marriage is about us um learning to depend on the lord more mm-hmm. learning to spend more time with him in prayer learning to to seek his face, you know, bowing our knees, humbling ourselves to, um, you know, in our relationship with the Lord. And then as we are in a relationship with someone else, that relationship is supposed to make us better. It's supposed to encourage us to spend more time with Jesus. It's supposed to encourage us to become, you know, do the work, the hard work to become more um, like he wants us to be and if that isn't you know the case in our situations then we need to seek uh we need to seek help you know Absolutely. we yeah we we need to seek help we need to start having conversations um with and and i am also convinced that even the best of the marriage you should seek help you know you should be talking with someone and help and, and yeah, with the communication and those kind of things, because you are two different people, you leave the house, you have two different experiences, mm-hmm. you need help with your uh, communication and making sure that this marriage is one that is pleasing, you know, to the Lord. And so, um, but, but when it's not, you know, we, we seek help and we, we say, um, we, you know, go to professionals and we talk to them and say, this is our situation. Yes. So- well how how can how can you help and i love that in your situation you did not um you did not say there's nothing that i can do for myself mm-hmm. you said listen the lord has given me tools the lord has given me my spirit the lord has given me my life the lord has given me my beautiful girls And um, I have to seek the best, you know, I I have to seek the best. And so was there any point where you felt like, you know, my girls are are now learning a a model that um, that that, you know, it might be difficult for them to overcome Um, the divorce or the the in in the in the marriage and maybe the way that um, you all communicated with each other?
3: I think, um, no, I think they viewed us as having a great marriage mm. uh, because we kept a lot from them or I shielded them from a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very submissive by nature, um, just in all areas of my life. So of course I was that way in my marriage. Um, <clears throat> So I, la- and this was growing up as well. I lacked the self-confidence to be who I was. Mm-hmm. I was who I thought he wanted me to be and who I thought everyone else wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. So I I think they had a, um, a a good view of our marriage that we didn't do a whole lot of, fussing and cussing and, you know, things like that. Now, when we were on the outs, I think, you know, they, of course, kids can feel it, uh, you know, the tension in the house, but I, I, there wasn't a whole lot of that. Um, I, early in our marriage, I relinquished all of my power um, because Mm -hmm. I felt that that's what wives do. He's the head of the household you know, you take control, I'm just here to support you. I'm just here to be the supportive wife. And so um, I I didn't have my own goals. I didn't have my own identity. And so I relinquished all of that in the beginning. And then, you know, I'm 30 something now and I'm like, well, wait a minute, I, I want to do this now. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, the, the rediscovering of myself and I'm like, well, that doesn't feel good. Or you're supposed to support me in this like I supported you. So, you know, when you start to be vocal and speak up for yourself, now it's a problem. But that's because in the beginning, it was never like that. The foundation was built on some sinking sand. It wasn't ever strong to begin with. It was built on, you know, on the wrong pillars. So um, my girls... You know, it was so funny because they're all daddy's girls. And I really thought that they were going to be frantic and where's my daddy and when are we, you know, and trying to get us back together. I think it was not that. And I explained what was going on. I explained why we had to leave and that, you know, when it was safe, you'll see your dad again and you'll be able to visit him and things like that. They understood what was going on. And so um, once it was safe and I explained why I was leaving and when we would come back together, they 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 got it. Um and so I believe now I'm just teaching them, you know, self-love, self-confidence, that they can pursue their dreams, they can pursue their goals without having to Um, rely on a man to do that for them. Um, So that when they do find their mate and get married and date or whatever, that they won't have to um, be looking for that in another person. And I believe that was the mistake I made because I didn't know who I was and I didn't, I wasn't self-confident and I didn't love myself. I looked for my husband to do that for me. And so it caused a lot of um, foundational issues. And then later when I did discover who I was and discovered my passions and my likes and dislikes, um, then it it became a rift. And it really, um, in the beginning, when you, you know your purpose and your partner doesn't, oh, it's a lot of resentment and anger and jealousy and things like that. And it comes out later. Um, but when it is the right match, of course, it, it won't be those things, then you'll be supported and you'll be loved
2: um the way that God intended for it to be. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I you know, I like their message that um you are you everyone on this earth is called to a purpose. And so if if you go into any kind of relationship thinking um, that you're going to relinquish your purpose for the good of the other person, then, you know, we, we, we may need to have a talk about that. We may need to think about that because the Lord, you know, the Lord really is looking for you to do what he has called you to do on this earth. And then you join with another person and you all's goals join together and you continue, um, you continue holding up each other and you continue encouraging each other. So I love that. Um Elise, I know it's time for us to take a break, but when we come back, I want to ask you more about like kind of what you're learning about love in this season. So we'll be right back in a minute.
0: heart every woman. The show where women find balance, peace, and inspiration. Now let's get back to the show with your host, Carla Nivens.
2: Welcome back, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Our show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find out all of the great information about Love Ministries as you go to their website. Go to loveministriesbuilds.org. You can also visit um, my website. It's CarlaNivens.com. Carla is spelled with a K. Nivens is N-I-V-E-N-S. Well, let's jump back into our interview for today. We are having a conversation with Elise Van Dyke, who is a native of Midland, Texas. She is the mother of three beautiful girls. Elise is a full-time student pursuing a counseling degree and certification. She serves as a board member of the RATH foundation. The most recent experience that arose in her life was a 13-year marriage entangled with emotional abuse and other issues involving mental health. Escaping this snare opened her eyes and pushed her to want to bring awareness to other women in similar circumstances. Elise enjoys spending time with family and friends, participating in community service, and helping to advocate for those without a voice. Elise, we are so thankful for you joining us today for the first time, and we're also thankful for um, you just being willing to be open and to share you know, a little bit of your life with us. So thank you so much for being here. We thank you for your time. Um, in the first part of the interview you kind of really opened up and shared so many things and um you know really I I want you to feel encouraged you know that that is kind of who I am as a person uh, I just want to validate that you um, are a wonderful and beautiful person and that you are you know doing the best for yourself and doing the best for your family in the long run um, I know that this would be the best for your family so um, I surely want you to be encouraged in in your road um, in life and as you're traveling with the lord and listening to him and flowing with the holy Spirit. I did want to jump back into our conversation really by asking you, What are you now learning about love as you travel through this process?
3: Um, The biggest thing is basically just reassuring myself of God's love for me. Um, Because if you don't realize how much God loves you, um, everything else is just pretty much a waste. And so you don't really... um, get the richness of self-love if you don't realize how much God loves you. So that's basically just, um, giving myself, uh, words of affirmation. That is my, my, dominant love language. Mm -hmm. And so I give that to everyone else, but I had a problem giving it to myself Mm -hmm. and thinking those things or writing them down or, you know, looking at a Pinterest post or whatever was not enough. I needed to actually speak those things out into the atmosphere. And so that's basically um, been the start Uh, or the restart of this new single journey is just saying, hey girl, like you okay, you know, God loves you and you're amazing. And I had to undo a lot of religious thinking because growing up in the church, we're taught, oh Lord, we're so unworthy and you're worthy. And, you know, we think that taking up our space And being confident and being, um, you know, saying that I'm good at A, B, and C is not being humble. And that's not true. Mm. So I minimized myself and I minimized my gifts thinking that that's what God wanted, that I couldn't stand tall and say, hey, I'm a good writer. I'm a good mom. I'm a good counselor. You know, whatever those things are, I can say that because, because Christ died, um, he has now made us worthy, you know, and, and in the aspect of, we can be confident in those things and those gifts that he has given us, not to take his glory, of course, Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, he, he's a jealous God and, and, No other God should come before him. Um, So not in the aspect of idolatry, but to say I am good at these particular things. And so that has really been a journey, um, undoing those thoughts and being able to speak those things and do things that make me happy, doing -hmm. doing things that I want to do or don't want to do, saying no you know, and, um, I come from a, a long line of people pleasers. And so it just is in my, my genes to want to serve and to want to do and to want to make people happy and make them feel better and all those kind of things, which is good, but not to the detriment of, you know, things that will disturb my peace. Mm -hmm. So I am now getting more comfortable saying, Hey, like, that that's not going to work for me or, you know, that puts me in a bad spot. So I won't be able to do that this time. And there was a time when I would never say that. And I probably would have run myself in the ground trying to run from here, there to and fro um, because I felt like I was doing God's work. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So that, that is what I'm learning about love that, self-care and saying no is not a lack of love and uh one thing that I, <clears throat> we have a a class here at in my apartment's called life skills and they had a boundaries class mm-hmm. and boy did I learn some things about myself like I I had absolutely no boundaries like and so I had to start um putting healthy boundaries up by saying, you know, that I feel like that's toxic, or I feel like that's negative energy, or I feel like, you know, if I put one more thing on my plate today that it's going, I'm going to be too tired, or I'm not going to be able to finish what I had previously committed to. So putting those healthy boundaries up have really helped me and embrace um, this new single journey so that's mm-hmm. kind of where i'm i'm headed with that
2: yeah i like that and you know we that like you said that that faulty thinking or the the faulty theology that sometimes we um pick up and 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 that we've learned because scripture actually says that we're supposed to boldly come uh go to the throne you well, know yeah. and and the yeah. lord um we, we have to realize how much that God is love for us. Like he made us and made us very uniquely. And he is looking to get back that I think this is just how I think about it. I think he is looking to get back this return from his, you know, creation. So anything that dampens that return is not, you know, or dampen or mutes that return is is not, you know, is is not of him. Now, of course, there's timing for everything you can't, sure. you know, push over people with your agenda, um, right. you know, but um, anything that dampens that that return that is, you know, is is not of him. He wants you to have. Um, the most joy. Even in trials, he wants you to have the most joy that you can have. He wants you to keep your eyes on him. He wants you to have all the peace that you need um, in your life every single day. Again, even through trials, he wants you to have the most peace. He wants you to feel like um, you can use all of your gifts and talents and that you can grow and develop new gifts and talents. Um, you know, and and reach out and really share um, your life with people. So I, I love that. And, and I love that you are, um, you know, in, in your journey, you're finding those boundaries sometimes, especially women. Sometimes we have difficulty saying no, that um I'm called to this. I'm not called to that. So it's okay for me to say no to that so that I can concentrate on what I really should use my time on. Yeah. I love that. Um, As I was kind of poking around in your things and you've you've written some great blog uh, posts and um, one of the, this one sentence i found that really stood out to me. And I would like for you to go uh, in depth now, um, you know, with, with this thought you wrote, single does not mean undesirable or alone. Single does not mean undesirable or alone. What was the thought behind it? I was watching the series Relationship
3: Goals by Pastor Michael Todd. And I found it on YouTube. I had watched it uh, some years ago. I think it's like three or four years old. Mm -hmm. Um, And I watched it when it first came out. But of course I was married. So I was in a different season. Um, But I went back to rewatch it. And he was talking about how God made Adam first. You know, he created the singleness first and then added a mate. Um, so just because you're single, it doesn't mean that you're undesirable. It doesn't mean that you're alone. Um, and I really just chewed on that. And I had to say that out loud to myself, Um because you do, you start to feel like, especially after you've been married for so many years, you feel like a failure. You feel like, what was wrong with me? Like, I didn't pray enough. I didn't, you know, I wasn't this enough or that. And it just is what it is. It, that season was over. And the way, the particular way that my marriage ended, I knew that God allowed that because it could have ended up you know, with a different ending. Um, And then just the doors that opened afterwards, I knew it just, I felt like it was his approval saying, I got you like, yes, I wanted that chapter to end. And, um, you know, you have future goals and you think your life is going to be a certain way. um, But when you are faithful and when you are obedient and when you do um, allow wise counsel in your life and you uh, hear the voice of the Lord, it, it, even though it may not look the way that you want it to look, it will be in your favor. You mm-hmm. just have to step out on faith and say, okay, like, I didn't know this was going to happen like this, but I hear you, Lord, I'm going. And so that's just kind of this, um, the place I was in and having to read. I have to learn. It's I, And I said this to my counselor the other day. I said, I feel like Uh, I was paralyzed and that I'm having to learn how to walk again. Mm. I haven't been single in over 15 years. That is like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) So um, it's, I have to um, read books and watch uh, YouTube videos and listen to podcasts and things like that to learn um, how to do this thing. Because in my own power, I Mm can't. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I love that. Well, I, I, I I like that you are doing the work on number one, you're doing the work on yourself. Um, a lot of times we run right past that and just run down the aisle, (laughs) you know, and we skip the, okay, you know, what, what is the Lord requiring of me as a person, as a whole person? Um, yes, as a whole person. So um, that's that's very important in in all of our lives. But if if you find yourself, because there are so many people, and there are people that are faithful people that are at church, and they have found um, themselves in a place where they have gotten a divorce, and they are thinking, "I am less than," and the Lord you know, probably doesn't want me on this pew in church. And, you know, that, you know, that they come in, but they're coming in with this bogged down, um, kind of spirit. And sometimes it's hard for them to find, um, teaching and it's hard for them to find what is, what is the word that God has for me, um, in this season. And so, would you? What is your word of encouragement for for other um, women or men who have found themselves in this season of life? What would you say to them? <laughs> Basically, going back to
3: the beginning of knowing God loves you. There is nothing you could do to detour His love, including getting divorced. And, uh, there was something that, um, I was discussing in in therapy, um, that let me know that this was not what I was in was not God's love. Mm -hmm. And it's different when you have a partner that's, and you're going through a rough season or whatever, and you can get through it together, you know, but in an abusive situation, like I remember uh, I had first Corinthians chapter 13 on both of my mirrors. Mm-hmm. And that is what kept me staying year after year. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't keep wrong account uh, of wrongdoings and things like that. But I allowed the enemy to come in and pervert that scripture. That is not <laughs> what that means It, it to, to, take abuse and to lessen yourself and to minimize yourself. Mm-hmm. Um and my I have a Christian counselor. I love her so much and I highly recommend um finding a a Christian counselor because yes, she does have the credentials to to give me tools, but she also is going to let me know what the, said the Lord. Mm-hmm. And something that I a scripture that I read, but never really processed in this way, was uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And it starts at verse 1, but particularly um, verse 6 through 9, um, talks about the attributes of an abuser and what that person looks like. And it says that we should steer clear of those type of people. Mm. And so that just let me know, okay, wow like i don't I don't have to to be in that. that is not God's best for my life. and so just reassure, you know finding those scriptures that um reaffirm that that builds you up and to recognize that God does not condemn that is the voice of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Yes, he will convict us, but if you feel condemnation, that is not from the Lord. um so basically uh just nurturing that. God loves me. He wants something better for me. This is, especially um, if it's toxic and, you know, it it belittles you, it puts you in harm's way, um, get out. And I guarantee you that God is still gonna love you. And you can find a church home that will nurture you in that spot. Or it doesn't necessarily have to be a church. I mean, there are Christian facilities that will pour into you and give while also giving you the resources that you need to find a job to you know get shelter and food and clothing and things like that for for you and your family mm, yeah yeah so that's I just that. that's what I stood on is like nah like God don't want me to be no doormat that's not who he created me to be mm-hmm. and if I had to get a divorce to to start over then so be it
2: yeah. Blessing and covering of God in, in all different situations. Blessing yes, and covering of sure. God. Um, I want to ask you about your um, the, what you're studying right now. Is what you're studying, is this a direct result of um, what you've gone through in life? It did not
3: um, start there at the beginning. Uh, like I said, we were the face of our... Uh, marriage ministry at church. So initially I wanted to be a marriage and family counselor. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in order to do that, I wanted to get my LPC so I could, um, you know, service a a variety of of clientele. Okay. It totally shifted where I was going um, from going to marriage and family to now uh, specifically wanting to help women um, in domestic violence situations. Um, Also, it doesn't always have to be uh you know with a partner some people are you know abused by their parents you know so it just comes from a traumatic background um sometimes you're living with family and it and it's toxic or you know there's drugs involved or alcohol and things like that and they need to get out and be able to transition into some type of independent living um so <clears throat> The RAF Foundation totally um, just pulled on my heartstrings because I I domestic violence was not on my radar because I had no idea that I was in a uh domestic violence situation. Uh I had I had no idea that I was in an abusive marriage. And so now I know what those things look like. And so I feel like it is my duty to bring awareness to that. It doesn't always look like black eyes and and bruises and and cussing you out. It comes in many different forms. And so I just really want to awaken that, that, that subtleness and the things that you can't hide more easily. I know for sure I stayed as long as I did because I thought I was doing the work. You know, you always hear marriage is a lot of work, especially in the church you know and you don't just leave for every little thing and you work at it and you have to you know work on yourself and you can't change the other person and so i just felt the release because and and we would say this when counseling other couples if you feel like you've given your all and you've done you've exhausted all possibilities and you've done everything that you think you can do to save your marriage and it still is just not working I feel like that is a release to leave. And I could honestly say for myself that I loved through sickness and health and for better or for worse. And we did therapy and I was as supportive as I could be. Uh, but, you know, when when it uh, came to putting my life and my kid's life in possible danger, that was my release. And so... Um, I just feel like there are so many other women out there who are silently, you know, going through these situations and they don't think that they have another way out or that if they do leave, that nobody's going to want them with two and three kids or whatever, that they can't buy a home on their own or that they can't finish their education. And I am a living witness that you can do that because of, the resources that the Lord afforded me,
0: mm-hmm.
3: so that is where my heart is now. I probably still will, um, you know, do some marriage and family counseling because I I feel like that that was the foundation of my passion, and so that that didn't go away. Um, I just have a new uh, uh, target
2: audience, if you will, mm-hmm. as far as uh, women are concerned. Mm-hmm. So this this. Enhanced or, 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 um, kind of changed a little bit the path that you were already on, sure. Um, pursuing your counseling degree and certification, yeah. Um, I like that. I, I think the one thing that we need to remember is that we are the Lord's first, um, that we are His beloveds, all of us, yeah. He looks at us. He calls us good. We are his. He created us. He is a loving father. He is love for us. I used to say that he has all of this love for us, but honestly, he is love for us. Every single one of us. Um, so, Elise, I thank you so much for um, for your time and for your openness. And um, I I just I just I just feel and, and just know that um, that you are doing the best for your family. And I am so thankful um, for you and thankful for your testimony and thankful for how you've opened our minds. You know, to to something else that um, that is usually in the background. That people don't really talk about, and and that's what this this show is is all about bringing encouragement to those, um, to everyone who who tunes in. So everyone, we just pray that you know that you are loved by a wonderful, um, loving heavenly Father. And everyone, we will see you back here next week.